Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus has set his face towards Jerusalem, prepared to walk the way of the cross. And on his way, Pharisees warn him that Herod plans to kill him. Jesus is not deterred, not by Herod, who sought to be the king of the Jews, lion among men. Instead, Jesus scornfully dismisses him as that fox, a sneaky predator who invades the hen house to attack the weak and the vulnerable. After dispensing with Herod and the Pharisees and making clear that he knows the path that he must walk, Jesus breaks into lament over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills its prophets and stones those who are sent to it. Jesus laments the holy city because he loves Jerusalem. It holds all the keys to his religious identity. It's where the temple is. It's where God dwells. It's where God's glory will be revealed. And it is also where the people have betrayed God in the past and where the people will betray God again. In this lament, Jesus is not angry. He's not dismissive. He's not scornful. No, Jesus is grieving. He's grieving because as he walks the way to Jerusalem, he sees all the betrayals to come. He expects opposition from the Roman government, of course. After all, he insists that no secular government deserves our loyalty more than the kingdom of God, urging us to follow God, not Caesar. Jesus expects opposition from the religious authorities, after all, he challenges their institutions and their rules, insisting that love of neighbor trumps purity codes, healing trumps Sabbath laws. Jesus knew that those persecutions were coming, and he fearlessly faced up to the Pharisees, the scribes, the priests, each time they sought to discredit him. He stood calmly before Herod and Pontius Pilate, even as they held his fate in their hands. Jesus expected their abuse and their oppression. But what causes him to grieve, what causes him to cry out, is the betrayal that he knows is coming from the very people he had come to save. You see, this is not the tirade over Jerusalem because Jesus is not angry. This is the lament over Jerusalem because Jesus is wounded, pierced, grieved at the coming betrayal by his friends, by his followers, by all of us whom he loves and came to save. 
Jesus knows that Judas will betray him for 30 silver pieces, that Peter will deny him three times, that only one of the 12 disciples will have the faithfulness to stand at the foot of the cross. Jesus knows that those same people, us, we frail human creatures who disobey God in the garden, who were unfaithful in the desert, who fail again and again to follow God's commands to love one another, Jesus knows we will continue to fall away time after time. Jesus knows that Jerusalem could as well be Rome or Canterbury or Indianapolis. Jesus knows we are overwhelmed by the love God offers us, that it is hard for us to believe in this God who loves us, but will not act as our personal butler, granting all our wishes. Jesus knows that we will seek over and over again to assert our independence rather than submitting to the love and the law of God. Jesus sees the other gods that we have erected, gods of money and things, self-reliance and status. And so we turn away from him, turning God into what we want rather than allowing ourselves to become who God calls us to be. For all of this, for all of these betrayals, Jesus laments Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. Jesus laments the betrayals because they put what he loves most, us, in danger. We turn our backs on God as we try to save our own skins, and Jesus knows we are in danger of losing our souls. But in the face of betrayal, in the face of violence, Jesus does not respond in kind with threats or with anger. Rather, Jesus reminds Jerusalem how he longs to protect her. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Here, Jesus compares himself to a mother hen, a homely, homey image one that might remind us of the many references throughout Scripture to God as an eagle, sheltering us under those wings. But here Jesus compares himself not to a majestic eagle, but to just a little broody hen. For a hen, when in mothering mode, will gather up any little creature around her under her bosom. She will tuck chicks under her wings and then she'll sit right down on them to keep them safe. And it's important 
to know that a mother hen will place herself squarely between a lurking, scheming, threatening fox and her chicks. She will literally offer up her life to save her babes. That's the image that Jesus chooses for himself here. Not the eagle, not even a shepherd, but a lowly, humble hen who fusses and clucks over her fuzzy little ones. The hen who watches her chicks as they peek out from under her feathers, often darting away from her, seeking independence, seeking freedom, not knowing that in doing so, they put themselves in jeopardy. Friends, we are the chicks. And Herod is not the only fox in town. We are stalked by the foxes of sin and evil, corrupt power and systems, selfishness and death. The fox has always sought and is always seeking a way into the hen house. And though we have betrayed our Lord and will betray again, though we run away over and over, although Jesus laments the unfaithfulness of Jerusalem and of all his friends and followers, Jesus does what any mother hen does. He puts himself between us and the fox, opening his wings wide to protect us, bearing his own breast, giving his own life so that we might be saved. Amen.